So I'm going to talk a little bit about manifesting the miraculous quickly this morning. Um, because, as I've said, we focused this weekend on breaking uh, curses, on dealing with the issue of deliverance and healing, and uh, dealing with ungodly beliefs and all of that, because we're desperate. We're desperate for the more of God, aren't we? Yes. Now, shout out some of the miracles that you know have occurred in the Bible. Turning the water into wine. Hallelujah. The blind man, resurrection life. Hallelujah. That's good. Now, I've got a few as well. Noah's Ark. Was, did, did you ever read of Noah going to engineering school to learning how to build a boat? Were there any boats before Noah built one? Hey, what about all the animals? How did they get into the ark? You know, there are so many miracles and little things like that. They, 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 there's loads of them. Leaving Egypt, when the Israelites left Egypt, they're left with over 400 years back pay. I mean... The, the Egyptians gave them everything that they needed, everything that God was, was, was going to need for the tabernacle and more. And, and I want to say to you that your next move in God, He has the resources. He is going to take from the Egyptians and He is going to give that to you in the name of the Lord. So the Lord says... That, I, that for your next move, I have all the resources and more, just as I gave to my people, Israel, more than enough to build the tabernacle and to take them into their future. The Lord says, I have more than enough for you as I lead you into your land of promises, your promised land. I have that. Just focus on me. Have that vision in sight that there is more than enough and grab a hold of the vision, the dreams that I've given to you, says the Lord, because that is more than whatever you will need, says the Lord. So, hallelujah. There was over two million of them. Not one was weak. Not one was sick. That's a miracle. Crossing the Red Sea. I remember reading the story of a lecturer that said to the students, you know what? It wasn't that big of a miracle. There was only two inches of water and the people were able to just walk through it. And one of the students said, well, that's an even more amazing miracle. And they said, why is that? He said, because the whole of Pharaoh's army was drowned in two inches of water. Hallelujah. Listen, God's into miracles. The floating of the axe head was a miracle. Elisha, the widow's oil. Listen, it's amazing. You know, and in Deuteronomy, it says, 40 years, God led you through the wilderness. Your clothes haven't become old. Your shoes haven't worn out. The reason that he, let you, that he didn't let you settle down to grow wheat for bread and grapes for wine and strong drink is so that you would realize it is the Lord your God who's been caring for you. And then Nehemiah says, 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. They'd lack nothing. Their shoes didn't wear out and their feet didn't swell. Yeah, why that detail? But hey, no bunions, no corns, no calluses, no swollen feet. Listen, God is a God of miracles. He is a miraculous God. And even though Israelites were, were moaning and complaining and, and disobedient, he still took care of them. I reckon if they'd have had a good heart, they could have walked through a wardrobe as they went and had loads of changes of clothing. Not just that their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. Anyway, I won't go there because we, we, know, we know about Jenny's shoe uh, collection, etc. So God took care of them even though they were disobedient. The early church expansion was built on the miraculous. 
And for 300 years, the church exploded and the devil was run out of many places. And so he had to come up with the plan. And as you know, Constantine, a Roman emperor, began to take control of the church. And all those things that he did led the church into the Dark Ages. He stopped Christians meeting in homes and built buildings for them to worship in. And he took control of those services and how they did it as well. He chopped off the church from its Jewish roots. He wouldn't allow any Christians to have anything to do uh, with Jews. And he forbade Christians to celebrate Passover and the feasts. Now you know why the church is in a mess. Because forcibly, we as Christians were chopped off from everything that God wanted for his people. And that is why the devil will still sit over churches across this land and say, you need to celebrate Easter, forget Passover, because Passover is all about the blood of the Lamb being shed for the saving of mankind. Oh, hallelujah. I could preach, but I won't. I'll just stick to this. So all the dynamism of the Acts of the Apostles ground to a halt. And understand, under Constantine, the clergy ran the church. They controlled the running of the church. The church went from being the supernatural, living, breathing life of God on the earth to a dead institution. How many know that the clergy still often control the church? We might not call them the clergy. We might call them pastors or elders or leaders. They often control the church rather than the Holy Spirit. We want him in everything that we do. We need him. Our leadership would get sorted out if we ever tried to control what God was doing. uh, Yeah, control things. Control things, right? We're not into controlling people or controlling the Holy Spirit. We want to move in the fullness of that. So God's been in the process of restoration from that point. God's been restoring to the body of Christ the fullness of what was lost in the book of Acts. So in the early 20th century, we had the restoration of the teacher gift, the uh, pastoral gift, the evangelist gift. And then in the late uh, 80s and 90s, we had God restoring the prophets and the apostles into the church so that the church could begin to function in the right way, built on the gift of the apostles and prophets. And that is what is happening. That is what's powerful. And God's restoring these uh, ministries into uh, the life of the church. So we are in the saints movement because the clergy used to, and still do in many churches, do the work of the ministry. Is that right? But Ephesians 4 says that the fivefold ministry is not there to do the work. The five, I mean, they have got to work, okay? It doesn't mean that the fivefold is sitting back doing nothing, drinking coffee all day. But the role of the fivefold is to equip the church, to equip all of us. There's no such things as clergy and lay people. You're not a lay person, let me tell you that. Every single one of us are part of the saints movement. We are all ministers. You are every bit a minister as anyone that stands at the front. Some of us have different offices that we stand in and have to stand in. And some of us have extra uh, responsibility, accountability before God, which is often frightening. But some of us have that. But together we are all ministers 
And we build the church together. I wasn't loud enough. We all build the church together, amen, at whatever level. You're all saints. You can all raise the dead. You can all heal the sick. You can all minister communion. You can all uh, bury people, marry people. You can do whatever you need to do, amen? Come on now. Come on. I know loads of people, and then they can't do this, that, and the other in certain churches, either because they're a woman or uh, because they haven't been through a 10-year program with that denomination or whatever it is. Listen, you can minister. Hallelujah. God calls couples. Jane is not an addendum to Gordon. Hello? She is not. She She is heart to heart. Remember, ladies and men, Our women folk were taken right from our heart, from a rib, right by the heart. We are heart to heart, not just shoulder to shoulder. So, hallelujah. An integral part of the restoration of all things is manifesting the miraculous. Amen. Now, what prevents us from moving in the miraculous? Well, of course, some people will say, well, the miracles died out with the apostles. And, of course, when the last apostle died, that was the end of of the apostles. And there's no such things as apostles today. Did you know some people preach that rubbish? Yeah. It's true. Holy Spirit was for a bygone era. We don't need him today. Listen, we need everything. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Actually, apostles and more. So, praise the Lord. Mark 16, these signs will follow those that were in the early church. No. no. <laughs> these signs will follow what? Those that are, that are uh, ordained. No, those who have been to Bible school. No. Those that are just the men. No. Those that are older in the faith. No. no, okay, so what does the Bible say? These signs will follow those who believe. believe. In my name they will cast out yes. demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. I don't, I don't reckon that, you know, recommend that you go to the nearest zoo and just, you know, grab a bar constrictor. You know what I mean? I know there's one or two places in America where they go do that thing. Listen, you don't need to do that. But listen, if you're in the lion's den or if you're in a pit of snakes, listen, they won't harm you if you believe. Hallelujah. Amen. But don't go around making a practice of it. (laughs) If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Listen, he wants us to move in those things, because he knows when you do, that will give glory to the Father. He wants us to move in the miraculous, because that glorifies him and his Father. How much more does Jesus want us to move in the miraculous because he is so desperate for his bride because he wants dad to be really pleased. He wants glory to come to dad because he's sick of all the rubbish that comes out of government and other institutions. We don't need God. Ban prayer here. Take the Bible. Take these plaques off the walls of the council offices or all the rest of it. We're not having prayer. We're not having this. Listen, we have got to manifest the miraculous to let those guys out there. Our God is not dead. He is very much alive and it's very much moving in supernatural power and the supernatural to him is very natural. Hallelujah. 
I'm getting to preaching again. Now, there's a whole bunch of things here that are kind of negative. That hold us back. Disobedience, unforgiveness, doubt, unbelief, double-mindedness, fear, lack of knowledge, complaining. There's no complainers here, is there? No, they've not come today. Um, so, they are natural things that often impact us as believers and they can prevent us moving into the miraculous. But we can deal with those things. Yeah. We can deal with doubt, unbelief and double-mindedness. You know, James does say that we should not be double-minded because we won't receive anything from the Lord if we're double-minded. Well, if we're not receiving things from the Lord, let's deal with that double-mindedness. Let's deal with that doubt and that unbelief. Let's get rid of any unforgiveness. Let's release people. Let's deal with fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. We're not fearful. We've prayed about it before. We are not a fearful people. We are a people that are, that are um, charged, supernaturally charged by the love of God. And, and it radiates out of it. We've got the joy down inside us. And it isn't that just that, uh, that old deep, deep one you know, that we used to sing about years ago. You know, that deep, deep joy that's so deep that even everybody else has to take it by faith. You know what I mean? It's that, mm, you know, I'm joyful. No, listen, the joy is, is not just down there. It's, it's up here as well. My joy's everywhere. So, come on, it's bursting out. That's right. I love that new song, Sarah. That's fantastic. Bless you, worship guys. It was great. It's bursting, bursting. Hallelujah. I love it. Yeah, I love it when I burst. Happy. Uh, lack of knowledge. Listen, you're here now and you've got more knowledge, I would suspect, than many people in the UK. Seriously. People are coming here because they know we know something. And again, that's not an arrogant statement because those who receive more have got to be accountable for that that they know because we've got to get that message out to those who don't know. But there are still many poor folks that, that think Jesus died at Easter. How sad. He didn't die on Good Friday and get raised on Easter Sunday morning. That's not three days and three nights. Jesus died at Passover and they're not celebrating it. And because of that, they're not getting the blessing of that. They're not celebrating tabernacles when Jesus came as that one who tabernacled amongst us, John 1.14. They're missing out of the blessing of all of that. They're making do with Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It costs a fortune. Listen, it doesn't cost a fortune to celebrate tabernacles. <laughs> Come on, be happy. Our belief system is, is not good. You know, we've got a well-developed faith. I'll put question marks there because we've got a well-developed faith in a load of things. How many of you checked your chair this morning before you sat on it? It says there, look, we've got a well-developed faith in all kinds of things. We believe and trust in all kinds of stuff. As a result of education, because some people believe that we evolved. And they're teaching that to our children. We evolved. Monkeys are our ancestors. I came from God and I'm made in his image. With his likeness, with his nature. There is nothing impossible for God and there is nothing at all impossible for me or you. As a result of education, experience, we've got a well-developed faith. Listen, I have got now a suspicion of every chair that I sit on because last year I had an experience. 
and I've had more than one chair give out under me when I've sat on it. I remember being in Mallorca and it was quite wet at the beginning of it. These two went out. I was on my own. I was thinking, praise the Lord. I've got a bit of space. I grabbed this just nice comfy chair and I thought, I'm going to put that now on the balcony. It was covered over. I could see the sea, made myself a cup of coffee, got my Bible, got my book there. I thought it was fantastic. I sit in the chair and go straight through it. The, the, the webbing underneath it had gone and somebody just shoved that cushion over it to hide it and I went straight through. Uh, I went to my da- I went to to my dad's uh, home and grabbed a couple of aluminium chairs for us. And just before I was about to sit on it, I looked and the and the screw had come out of one of the sides. If I'd have sat on it, I'd have been down again. I thought, what is it with me and chairs? I, I had another deck chair go underneath me. So let me tell you now, I don't have a great belief in fold up chairs or even any chair. You know what I'm saying? Are you getting the point? You're getting the point. I've got the scars to prove it. Now, listen, we've got a well-developed faith in a lot of things. What about God? What about his word? What about his promises? That's where we've got to work. That's one of the things. But I do believe as well, there's kairos times in God. So let's move through this. Can we agree that many of us do have self-imposed limitations? Amen. There are issues that are ours and the lack of the miracles is not God's fault. So ultimately we do hold the keys and we've been given one today. So praise the Lord. We're breaking with that. So we've witnessed revivals and moves of God, haven't we? There's been some amazing things and some of us have travelled to other places where there have been some expressions of a move of God. Uh, We were encouraged by uh, some of the church uh, a while ago with, when Todd Bentley was, was Florida somewhere, or where, wherever he was, yeah. And, and we went out there just before that, that broke apart, you know. Uh, there have been all kinds of moves of God, incredible things, but they've fizzled out, haven't they? All kinds of moves of God. I believe there's a move of God coming that is going to be universal. And I believe that one of the reasons why those things have not been able to be sustained is because the wineskin has not been formed to sustain it. And those of you that have been uh, journeying with us for a while will know that that the wineskin is the five-fold ministry that God has established that we've moved away from as the church and it needs to be brought back in so that that wineskin can hold the new wine. So we've seen little dribs and drabs here and there, even some of the bigger ones like the Welsh Revival, but they've come and they've gone, they've written books about it. Listen, we're going to live it. We are going to live it. The Bible talks about the end times when there's going to be a great falling away, but there's also going to be the fullness of the numbers of the Gentiles coming to faith and whatever was poured into the early church in the book of Acts in terms of the miraculous, God is going to at least do that in these end times. We're going to need it to take on Antichrist, to take on all of that governmental system, that Antichrist system that's going to come against us. We're going to need more than they had in the early church. We're going to do the miraculous. We're going to live the miraculous as we see that. We're not going to have to hoard up water or food to be sustained in the future. Because if God can bring manna in the wilderness, he can bring it in your living room, in your kitchen. He can bring water out of the walls of your house. 
than just a rock in the wilderness. Everything we need is available to us because God can do anything. We've seen it. He can do anything. We have to get out of the mindset, how am I going to be able to cope? Have I got enough money to buy another house, Jennifer? The issue is God has got everything. He can give you Buckingham Palace if you need it. Whatever you need, God has it. God has it. Finances is not the issue. Your heart is the issue. Will I do what he's called me to do? Will I break away from what I think is my security to step into his security? That's the issue. Hallelujah. So he's building a wineskin. So what do we need to move into the miraculous? We need to pray for and encourage the apostolic and prophetic church that's arising in the earth. We need to buy some of them books and plant them into other people. We need to tell them about it. Bring them to touch point. Encourage them. Build them up. Give them a bigger picture than where they are right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And have an expectation for miracles and take every opportunity to pray for miracles. Uh, Hallelujah. We need to deal with any issues. We also need to believe and speak. Um, Romans 10 verse 8 to 10 says, what does it say? The word is in you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. The word of faith which we preach, that if we believe... Uh, if we speak with our mouths, confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made leading to salvation. There is a point where we've got to speak and believe. There are some people in the church that have said something but they don't necessarily believe it. Unless you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're not saved according to Romans 8. Uh, Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. Because you've got to believe with your heart that Jesus was resurrected from the dead and you've got to make that confession. And if you, if you uh, consider the juncture position of mouth and heart, in the first two verses, he talks about the mouth and the heart, the mouth and the heart. And then in verse 10, uh, Paul says, For with the heart man believes, and then with the mouth confession is made. You'll not be able to confess the right things if your heart's not right. When you complain, it's because there's complaining in your heart. And the only way you'll deal with that, apart from breaking off curses and stuff like that, is to start putting good things on your lips. When you hear yourself bless and bless and bless, eventually your heart will cotton on that that's what you want to do. The more you hear yourself saying, that was rubbish, I didn't agree with that, I didn't like the fact we've got to pay for coffee, the heating wasn't on, it wasn't warm enough, As the more your, your heart hears you say that, your heart will say, this person is a moaner and a complainer, that's what I need to be. Your, your mouth will shape your heart and will shape your destiny. If you hear anything negative out your mouth, that is what you are, and your destiny will be shaped by that. If you want a different destiny, you've got to say different things and teach your heart to believe the right thing. That's Romans 10, 8 to 10. So, did you know this? Matter has memory. You must know that because all of you, I bet, have got a mobile phone or a tablet or a computer and you'll have a microchip in there with a little bit of sand or something. Joshua said this, Unto the people, this stone shall be a witness to us. It's heard all the words of the Lord when he spoke to us. It is therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. Do you know what? These 
walls have heard what we've said. Jesus said when the Pharisees, the, the people were blessing the Lord. They were saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's the king. And the Pharisees said, do you hear what they're saying? Tell them to shut up. You're not the king. You're the carpenter from Nazareth. You're just an ordinary guy. Jesus said, if we shut up the people, the very stones will cry out. Matter has memory. Matter has a voice. Now, here's the deal. If matter has memory, you leave tracks wherever you go. So do you leave a place as you found it? Do you leave a curse or a blessing where you go? What have your walls in your house heard you say? What has your, the metal around your car and all the fabric heard you say? You might need to go back and cleanse your car, cleanse your house, get it sorted, because it has heard and it is in there. Hello, come on. Come on, don't tell me it isn't, because if we can record pictures onto a little tiny bit of sand in our computers, in our phones, what is that recording from the stuff that we're saying? (laughs) What we do now is when we go on an aircraft is lay hands on it as we go in and we say, you're blessed in the name of the Lord, you will not crash, you will fulfil the assignment that we're on. Amen, the name of the Lord. You can lay hands on things, not just yourself, not just other people, not just your children. You can lay hands on your house. You know the little things that the Jews have in their houses, and some of us have got the mezuzahs, where you, put a, you write a blessing in that mezuzah uh, on the door of your house as you go in to bless the house. Blessing is real. So do you leave a blessing or a curse when you go anywhere? Hallelujah. Because this is the last thing. The, the miracle is that you can plant seeds, you can turn a curse into a blessing. I'm not going to do that last little bit because we've gone out of time. Hallelujah. You can leave a blessing wherever you go. Or you can take a curse, you can go to somebody and moan and complain. Say Steve was too long this morning or whatever it is, you know. Or we, we can actually speak blessing over one another. Can't we? You might not like everything that other people do, but why don't you bless them? Bless those that despitefully use you. Remember the B attitudes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, okay, let's stand together. And let's, let's, let's repent then. If you know, hey, this mouth has not always been a source of blessing to others. So, Lord, right now we, we ask that you would forgive us. We repent. Lord, for the times when we have spoken negative things out of our mouths and it's actually cursed other people or brought others under a curse. Lord, your word says in Proverbs 18 that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so, Lord, we cut off where we have been bringing death by speaking negative things either to other people or about other people or even where we've said, I can't do this or I'll never amount to anything or I don't have enough for the future or this is not good, that's not good. Lord, we break with that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we're going to put your words on our lips. We're going to say, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. I have everything that I need for my future. And so, Lord, we bless our mouths right now. We bless our cars, our vehicles. We bless our homes. 
We bless our workplaces. Lord, we're going to change the atmospheres around us wherever we go because we are going to release blessing into atmospheres that is going to change things. Lord, help us, enable us to move. Give us the freedom to fly as we move into the future with you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I declare over us today that we are blessed. We are blessed of God. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are life givers and life carriers. And out of our hearts and our mouths, we will begin to speak life to people. We will have the courage to pray for people wherever we are. If we're in someone's home, standing in a shop, in an office, we will say, please let me pray for you. Lord, give us the boldness to see that the miraculous is ours and we're going to keep praying and keep blessing until we see the manifestation of the miraculous. In Jesus' name, Amen.